Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BTBN podcast. That's Beyond the Blind. You can check us out on iTunes, um, Podbean app, search BTBN. Um, we're the same name on Facebook. On Instagram, it's BTBN Networks or BTB Networks, Beyond the Blind Networks, something like that. Um, you can always reach out to us. Talk about what you uh, think of the show. Give us some feedback, opinions, stuff like that. Who you want us to talk to. And uh, just wanted to let you guys know we're still doing that duck call giveaway. I got that really sweet piece of Buckeye Burl and uh, Blackwood with some stippling. That Buckeye Burl, man, it's just got some uh, some spalt to it. It's got some uh, sapwood to it. And I just, I don't know. I'm a big fan of it. I want to keep it. But I will not. I'll give it away to you guys. So what I want you guys to do is leave a review called The Duck Call. You don't have to give it a five star. You can give it whatever you think is right. We hope that it's a five star. But, uh, and I don't know who I keep, I mean when I keep saying we. It's just me. It's just me putting it out there. Um, so, yeah, I hope, I hope that you think it's five star worthy. Um, so leave that on there. Go ahead and share the specific episodes. And I'm going to make it even better for the guys that are uh, that are doing it. Each share of the episode, you'll get an additional draw- name in the drawing. So I posted the picture a while back with the, uh, the picture of the call. And it says, um, leave a review. It has the white text on it. like Almost like it's a meme or something. Go to our Facebook page and comment shared and reviewed on that and each week just put the episode that you shared and for each episode that you share i'm going to give you an 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 additional entry in the drawing so yeah that'll be a, a way that you guys can keep doing it get it out there a little bit more i ask that you do not share it into groups because uh i'm a fan of a few groups that i'm in and i don't want to you know piss off the moderators or anything like that by having a hundred of you guys share our podcast in the same group. It would be a, a bad look. So I ask that you don't share it into your group. I share, ask that you share it amongst your personal page and your friends to you know help us keep growing and give us incentive to keep getting call makers on there. So today I have Alan Whitson from Northeast Arkansas, North Central Arkansas. He uh, is the creator of Flight Control Custom Calls. He's been somebody that I followed for a long time before I even got into call making. So uh really excited to have him on and I hope you guys enjoy. Alright, so sure I've got I can lie to you about something. What's up, man? I'm sure I can lie to you about something. <laughs> right on. Well I started uh started the recording, so this one will be a rolling start. We won't have the, the fancy intro. People already know who you are and what call company you work for. So what's going on today, brother? Man, just uh, just trying to get some stuff done, and you know, finally got some pretty weather. So it's not winds not howling and it's not raining. So yeah, it's been uh, unbelievable here. We were talking beforehand. We even had hail the other day, and had a uh, power get bounced. It wasn't last night. It was the night before. And uh, you know, nobody watches TV anymore. Nobody listens to the radio. I didn't even know we were supposed to have bad weather. I just knew it was supposed to rain at some point. And then all of a sudden, the power got bounced. And I was like, I should probably pull up the uh, 
you know, the forecast or the local weather Facebook page, and they're like, oh, a tornado area, and right then the sirens went off, and I was like, eh, you know, it's just springtime in the Ozarks, man. Absolutely. I mean, it's the time of year for, you know, bad weather and all of that. We had a, we had storms move through, I guess, night before last, and... I mean, wind, hail, I mean, it's probably held here uh, half a dozen times, you know, in the last month, which is always nice when you put a new roof on your house in October, you get all these hail storms. Yeah, right? You get to file a claim in the first year. <laughs> Man, I don't want to do it again. Jeez. Big enough headache. So, uh, what, are you, what are you doing for a living, brother? Man, I'm in the oil and gas business. Oil and so, gas business? Yes. I did not know that. I'm sorry to hear, man. That's a it's a tough time for that. And man, it is. You know, fortunately, we're we're doing all right, and uh, you know, it's it's tough on a lot of people. Yeah, I you can't. Know, I can't imagine to be with the same same company that man. I've been with them almost 15 years, if if not 15 years. So, you know. Being back local has certainly been awful nice as opposed to being out of town five days a week, six days a week. Did you ever think in your lifetime that you would see gas get back? Right now in Springfield in Missouri, it's uh, under a dollar a gallon. Did you Really? No. I, I, man, and it's funny. So the last time I can remember it being under a dollar a gallon that I actually remember was about 1996. I was going to say like 98 around here. Yeah, so, no, I never thought, you know, I, I filled my truck up for, I was tickled to death to, you know, pay a dollar thirty something but I had no idea other places are under a dollar. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you guys have come and goes down there, but uh, I have part of the rewards program, and it was probably a month and a half ago. I had saved up like 20 cents per gallon rewards, and I snapped it, you know, to... The girlfriend and local buddies around and uh i think i got it for like 97 cents a gallon i was like holy cow this is crazy i just drove by last night on the way home from work and it's at 97 cents a gallon and uh man i'm 30 getting ready to turn 32 next month so i'm a i'm a younger guy but uh not that young you know and i remember when i first started permit driving it was still like a dollar fifty yeah i mean you know, a lot of people hate me for saying it, but I, I wish it was higher. <laughs> it's it's you a know? rough thing because for the average Joe Blow like me, you know, it's like, hey, I'm saving. I commute probably 60, 70 miles a day, so it's saving me some money. But I know for the the majority of our country and a really important industry in our country, it has absolutely killed us. It has. You know, this is a tough time for everybody. And, you know, hopefully we're getting towards the end of this deal and, Everybody, you know, gets back to work and all these small businesses get to open. And I mean, it's just been detrimental to them. You know, I've got a lot of friends with small businesses. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, they, a lot of them's really had to shut their doors, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to make a lot of uh, a lot of places, you know, do bankruptcy, declare, you know, and all these different things to try to salvage what they can. And uh, we had a restaurant, a really a good barbecue place open like three weeks before this all happened, their grand opening was, and they're going to shut the door because they're 
a small, you know, mom and pop chain in the in the city and they'd never had a chance to build anything up, so they're probably gonna shut their doors. It's just crazy to see. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, it takes a big leap of faith to, to jump into a, a small business, you know, and to shut the doors after a few weeks, you know, after something you prepared for and all of that, that's, man, it just sucks. So what did they have you uh, you doing at home? Uh, fortunately, you know, I, I still, I, I don't work from home. You know, I, I still go in. You're still going in? Going to the office and, you know, doing things I have to do. And we have several government contracts that, you know, I take care of. And I'm still on on the job with those. But there's, there's just not a lot of people, you know, involved in, in what I do. So that's the, that's the good thing that I don't have to just sit at home. I mean, retirement wouldn't do me well, I can promise you. Because I, I go stir crazy. Okay, I might be totally remembering something from somebody else. But I feel like a few years back, you were talking about how you flew drones or something like that? Yeah, we uh, oh, we started using drones in our, our operations. And man, I, I don't know even how many years ago it's been. <laughs> oh, probably doing it heavily. The last six years, something like that, five years. Yeah, I don't even know where I just pulled that out of my head. I was like, for some reason, I feel like you said that, and I hadn't thought about that in probably two or three years. <laughs> yeah, man, we do. You know, we do some pretty cool stuff with those, and you know, it's uh, you know, everyone always talks about how fun that would be, and once you do it, <laughs> realize you know, it's not. It, it's it's just another job. I mean, you know, it's, of course, I remember when I first started flying them, it's like, man, this is awesome. And you're like, man, this is just work. You know? Right, the right. Fun, the fun's out of it. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's still enjoyable. Well, and I'm sure they're not the uh, the $100 Walmart drones that if you crash them, you're, you're costing the company some significant money with that type of drone. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're not the hundred dollar drone for sure. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool, man. So, um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I, uh, I've really been listening to mine the last couple of days, and it, with us doing it on the phone like this, it's really cool because I can talk to guys from all over the country. But sometimes in transitions and questions and stuff, like I always nitpick myself because I interrupt people sometimes. So I always try to like stop. But then you'll find yourself doing it. So I've, I've been trying to pay attention to that. Um, I was going to talk about, man, I first met you back in 2014, 2015. And uh, you would come to Springfield for some really terrible expo. I, dude, I, that is the last hunting expo I think I've been to. because That was my first oh, and last. Yeah, it was horrible, wasn't it? Man, I have never been so bored in my life. Did you stay and watch the guy that was doing the rattlesnake thing? No. no. Oh, he you bringing missed. rattlesnakes and that was the only entertainment. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, fortunately, uh, you know, we go to Branson quite a bit. You know, the girls love to uh, to go up there, and I love to play golf up there. So it always works out. And 
I don't even remember how I ended up doing that. But some guy contacted me and, you know, said, man, there's going to be 20,000 people roll through here. And I'm like, man, that, you know, that'd be great. It's worth my you know, time. And I, yeah, it's worth my time. You know, and I sold several calls there for as few of people that come through. But, man, I guarantee you, I didn't see a 1,000 people. No, it was just the vendors walking around talking to each other. <laughs> yes, yeah. was... that may have been who I sold calls to then. I, I don't even remember. Man, I, uh, I, was, uh, I was done with it. I mean, you know, I, I guess that was supposed to be a two-day deal. And, you know, after that first afternoon, I was like, yep, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah, I was happy it was like five miles, ten miles from the house, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But uh, I remember I was thinking about it when we first started talking about doing the podcast and, you know, kind of going over that specific time. And I think you had just won NWTF Newcomer of the Year. You had the the bobber call there, you know, and some of the the. Uh, God, I'm trying to remember. Was there another like uh, crankbait like type call? Yeah, there? man, it was the Lucky Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that. And I remember looking at your calls. And I remember looking at some of the prices back then. And it's so funny. If I would have known now what I knew back then, I would have bought everything you had there inventory-wise, and I would have retired today. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, I play the long game. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to play the long game. It's, uh, man, that's, you know, it seems like a long time ago, but it's really not been that long. And... Uh, I was going to say the opposite. Man, it I seems guess. like... It seems like yesterday to me, but it was five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, man, I have a hard time remembering last week anymore, but I'm I'm not 31. I'm, I'm 41, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. A few more beers drank. Uh, yeah, I, I, probably, I probably drank just a few more. <laughs> so, you had come up there, you had just started doing that. Tell me... Kind of tell me how you got into flight control, man. Uh, what was what was your story with how you got... I guess let's go... Uh, let's start with how you started hunting. Did you grow up hunting with your pops or grandpa or anything like that? Man, I, you know, I grew up hunting with my papa. And, uh, you know, we were hunting rabbits, you know, just, just about like everybody else growing up. I didn't start duck hunting probably until... Man, I was... 20 and I had a buddy that had just kept on and on asking me to go and I was like man that just you know it just doesn't sound like a lot of fun and finally I gave in and went and man I wish it was like uh, like that today but man we were done in no time it was just stupid and I was hooked <laughs> I mean I was absolutely hooked and I'd had a few less gray hairs and a lot more money if I wouldn't have ever started. But, <laughs> right. You know, that's, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't get started as early as, you know, a lot of people, but. I feel you, man. You know, I was 21. I bounced, you know, growing up, I bounced all over the country. You know, my dad was in the military and. Man, we lived in D.C. and Alaska, and I didn't move back to Arkansas probably 
Man, I want to say 1993. So. Okay, this has nothing to do with hunting. What uh, What did you think of Alaska? How old were you? Oh man, I moved up there. I was probably ten. And when did you come back? Uh, ninety-three. I guess I probably would have been fifteen. So yeah, he did his little four-year stint up there. What'd you What'd you think of it? No, That's man, when... he stayed. He he stayed forever. And uh, oh, really? He stayed up there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's back in Arkansas now, but yeah, he stayed up there for many more years after that. So. Wild man, I've, that is one place that I think the majority of Americans want to go to, but it's just—it's so, almost like going over overseas because it's so far away. Man, it is. You know, I—I I mean, it, it would take you know an entire day just to fly back and forth with the layovers and all that crap and five different stops and you know, and I hate to fly anyway, so I, I can assure you, I probably will never make a trip back there again. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, no, I mean Alaska was great, but the you know, hassle everybody goes in the summertime. They don't. They don't sit there in the winter. <laughs> you know when there's absolutely nothing to do and it's fifty below. And I it's mean, freaking dark twenty four seven. Oh yeah. I mean it's not very enjoyable. That's wild. Did you, you know, have like a lot of like? I know it's such a touristy thing that I I didn't know that you lived up there, so I have to ask, like. Did you ever have like bear problems or anything like that? Yeah, man, I got beat several times as a kid for uh, putting the trash out on the deck as opposed to taking it down to the garage because you'd wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning and, you know, have two big bears on the on the porch. No. So uh, I'd have to pick up trash, you know, while getting chased with an extension cord. Damn, man. And, like, did you ever have any run-ins or anything like that where you were worried about? A bear? I know you were a pretty young guy back then, so I'm sure you were out dicking around in the woods a lot more back then. Man, it's funny, you know, because whenever I was growing up, you know, and of course, you know, being a parent now, you know, I don't know that I would let my kid, you know, just take off on a bicycle or, you know, just take off walking seven, eight miles away. But, man, I did that all the time, you know, fishing pole in one hand or, you know, a uh, Old Winchester side by side twenty gauge, you know, just <laughs> right. whatever I could. But you know, I, I would walk, you know, six seven miles or ride my bicycle to, to go fishing in a lake over there. And I mean, man, anybody takes you up there, they're never gonna find you. I mean, you're just in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, I mean, we run into run into bears fishing and stuff like that. But I mean it. It really wasn't uh, anything too scary. That's wild, man. I was listening to uh, Big Honker the other day, and they were talking about this. They were talking to this guy from Wyoming, and uh, he was telling about some of the, you know, the bears and grizzlies and stuff like that. And he uh, was out elk hunting and had an encounter with a freaking grizzly, like I don't know, 15 yards away, and just kind of walked up on it and had to pull the bear mace and all that stuff on it and. It just confirmed, you know, you're you're not too far south of me. That all we have is black bears around here. But still, I'm not a not a bear fan. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm not going to be out there messing with bears. No, I mean, you know, the scariest I've I've ever been, you know, with a bear was we were dip netting on the Chitna River, and it's the only place in in Alaska that you can actually dip net. 
and the net's about 20 foot long salmon swim upstream and I mean it's all you could do to hold this net and we were dipping for kings and silvers and I mean you, you know when one's in there of course we pulled them out I, I don't know how many we had I don't know, 20, 25, something like that whatever the limits were and it was a long walk down this trail along the river and uh, of course all the places where people would clean their fish you know there's a bunch of bears and eagles and all of that and of course we had a big stick with all these fish gilled through it and walking back and sure enough big old bears standing about 20 feet from us and uh, of course scared the piss out of me and uh, man it just turned and walked up the woods I mean you know it could have killed both of us and took off the fish I mean but that's yeah I'm, I'm not a fan but <laughs> you're like uh yeah no you can have my fish buddy i will uh yeah man that was as close as i've ever been to a bear and uh it was uh it was crazy that's wild dude that is that's something i totally had no idea and i probably the majority of people that follow your calls and call making have no idea that you're uh you're a mountain an alaska guy up for a while yeah man that's uh that's been a long time ago it, uh, I don't know, what do you think that it, uh, I don't, it just, it, there's so many people in life, you know, I was in the military, I lived out, you know, two hours south of D.C., so I know kind of, you know, what it was out there as well, but so many people never leave the 100-mile radius of their hometown. Do you, I feel like leaving and moving somewhere else gives you so much more perspective on life. Especially something up there where, like, life is so, you're, you're nothing up there. You know, you could, just like you were talking about, you were coming back from fishing, and uh, you could have easily been dead right there. Oh, yeah, there, I mean, there's no doubt, but, I, you know, the older that I get and the more that I've gone and done, the more I enjoy to be at home. So... Yeah, there. You know, there was a lot of good experiences. You know, as as a kid, and you know, working and being all over the place. You know, for sure, especially in this line of work. <laughs> man, I've, I've met a lot of great people, but yeah, man, I, I like my little bit of nowhere out here. No neighbors. It, it's pretty nice. There's nothing better than that feeling of home and things that are familiar. That is for dang sure, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've got enough to keep me busy, so, you know, I, I don't, I'm not the fan of city, so, being out where, uh, there's nobody around is a heck of a lot nicer. Well, that's kind of, you know, you've been to Springfield, it's not anything big whatsoever, but it's big enough to be a pain in the butt, and it's really went to crap since I was a kid, so... In the last 10 years since I moved back, I've lived outside of Springfield in like smaller towns around it, like 10 miles or so out, and it's just so much better to live outside of the big city, so I can understand that. But uh, I don't know, man. It's something, I the way I like doing these podcasts is, you know, what, we were on the phone for maybe two minutes before we started rolling, and... Uh, I don't know what to expect a lot of times when people start going, even though we've chatted from time to time over the years. It's always fun going into stuff like that. And I was telling you, you know, we derail sometimes. 
and just wander off on a different conversation. I totally wasn't planning on talking about Alaska and, and bears for damn sure, man. I can assure you I wasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of threw me for a curveball, and it's like, all right, how do we get back to uh, to calls? And so, um, Yeah, man, just, just stop talking about Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, okay, so we'll go back. So you rabbit hunted growing up, and I feel like that was my favorite thing as a kid. My old stepdad was a huge duck hunter. What I thought, he said he was a huge duck hunter when I was a kid. Turns out he was the every other weekend warrior now that, you know, I've been duck hunting for quite a while. Um, And he really didn't know anything that he was doing. But uh, he tried to take me when I was a teenager. Always wanting to, hey, do you want to go duck hunting? Do you want to go duck hunting? Do you want to go duck hunting? Well, I was playing sports and doing stuff like that. So the last thing I wanted to do on the weekend was get up at two o'clock in the morning and drive an hour to the lake when it was 12 degrees outside and i had a wrestling tournament you know maybe the night before or something like that and i was like nah no thanks um because my pops had taken me deer hunting when i was a kid and i had absolutely no interest whatsoever it was the most boring thing ever but then we rabbit hunted with beagles and that was the most fun like that, like, I, I don't know. I'm way too ADD. I'm all over the place. And I still struggle with that <laughs> more in life. So we rabbit hunted and I loved it. And then everybody around here is a deer hunter. I had zero interest. I'm not a hunter whatsoever, you know, when I was a kid. And he asked me to go waterfowl hunting, you know, duck hunting. And I finally, I broke down and did. And it was the wettest, coldest didn't see crap most miserable time I ever had and then when I was in the Navy my buddy who lives in Tulsa now we were both stationed in Virginia Beach told me all about it and how I needed to go and how I needed to go and how I needed to go so I finally broke down and did it when I was 21 and it was much like you dude I was hooked yeah I mean that's it just takes one good hunt it doesn't even have to be great to make you want to go back yeah, it's um. I always feel bad if I take new people. I always pre-warn them. I'm like, this can either be great. I was like, please don't judge how this is off of the first hunt, because you will be sorely disappointed more times than not. Yeah, I mean, the best thing that can happen for you know somebody just wanting to go for the first time is just to have a bad hunt. Yeah, yeah, you'll either be on it or not. Save them a lot of money and a lot of heartache. <laughs> right? And save the uh, the spouse a lot of relationship problems, that's for sure. <laughs> so, you get into hunting, you're a, a younger guy at 20. When did the idea to start turning calls and uh, stuff like that come into... Like, how long have you been doing it? Man, I've I, I turned calls since probably 2010. But, uh, you know, and it, it was really just pissing around. I mean, you know, of course, back then, there, there really wasn't any help available. You know, you just, you learned on your own. And, man, after I turned my first call, I was hooked. And, and the entire reason that I wanted to turn one is just because I thought I could make something probably prettier not necessarily sound any better than anything that I could buy 
But, you know, that, that's what got me started doing it. So did you know somebody that was, like, in woodwork or, like, no, I, is it completely always, foreign? I mean, from, from whenever I was a kid, you know, probably seventh grade, you know, I'd always turned on a lathe from that time and, you know, just making baseball bats and crap like that. So that gave you, you know, a, I uh, had to give you a huge advantage doing that. Man, it, you know, just, just being familiar, I guess, was an advantage. Uh, I don't know what advantage it is towards, you know, making a call. But, you know, I did feel comfortable behind the lathe. You know, me and... <laughs> Man, my, my first call was ugly and terrible. <laughs> and I, I actually still had it, uh, which is surprising. Yeah, that's uh, I I ended up losing mine in a move. I have no idea where the hell it's at. I might have thrown it away because it was a piece of crap. But uh, that's one thing I wish I still had for sure. Well, I should have thrown this one away. But it's it's nice to you know look back and you know see the progression. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that like I was telling um I don't remember maybe Colton Thompson. We were talking about uh, different calls, and I, I told him that uh, every year I try to make a brand new call for myself, and very rarely is it acrylic, but just something for myself at the beginning of the year, so that way I can take it off at the end of the season and put it on the mantle, and I can just look. I have five or six of my own right now that, you know, it's just through the year's progression, and uh it's funny going back. I'll go back and blow the one from 2015, and it's just an absolute turd. And then in 16, it's like, it's a turd, but it's a little bit better. And then in 2019, it's like, it's still a turd, but at least sounds like a duck now, you know? So. Man, that's that's all I make is turds, too, so... Well, you, uh, you're modest about it. No, I mean, it's... It's, uh... It's always the running joke, you know. I don't care what call you pick up; it's a turd. So, <laughs> so you you get into this call making thing. You you said there wasn't was it back in the were you on THO or anything like that back then or what? No, like I how wasn't. did you get the idea? So I had a buddy. Uh, his name's Buck Michaels. You know, he was making a few calls, and he'd been doing it for several years, but. You know, I never spent any time with him making a call. Uh, he pointed me in the right direction of different things to buy, you know, pen mandrel, you know, just some of the, I guess, just the basic tools that you'd need. And, and really from there, it was just pretty much on my own. That's why. And uh, I didn't find THO probably... I don't know, a year or two after I started making calls and man, I wish I'd found it, you know, beforehand. You know, there's a there's a there was a lot of information on there. But uh you know, you, you really had to do your research. It wasn't, you know, just somebody gonna tell you step by step what to do. So that was a, that was a pretty cool side. I I hate that it's I hate that it's gone now. He still he doesn't still have it up. No, um, somebody was telling me that they that 
the site was shut down, and I actually went and looked for it, and, and it, it's not there anymore. Really? That is a huge yeah. hit in the call-making world. I guarantee you. Yeah, that is insane. I spent so many countless hours on there just reading, because I'm the type of person that, like, you know, call notes has been a thing for, what, five or six years I'm not the kind of person that just comes out and asks a lot of time. I want to go out and try to find the answer for myself before asking because I feel like an idiot asking your rudiment. Hey, what you know tool do I need to do this or what do I need to do that? Well, did you did you search it all first? You know. Right. So. No, I, I can't. I can't agree more. I mean, it's you know. Yeah, that's a dude, huge hit. You got to do some of your own own research and trying to figure this stuff out. I mean, that, it makes it more rewarding, too. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally can't imagine... Like, Tyler Hall and I were talking about it uh, the other day, and just when we were getting started, right now there is more information to a new guy who wants to buy a call to where he buys every single thing he needs to, to make a call. It might not be, you know, to do the checkering and the carving and you know, fluting or anything crazy like that, but you can tell you which mandrel to get, which call it chucks, and all that kind of stuff to get. Like, there's a blueprint of basic tools that you can go out and find where, in your day, if you didn't find THO, there was absolutely nothing. No, and I, I mean, there's no telling how much money I wasted on crap that I thought that I needed that I, I don't need whatsoever. Yeah, like, so. I, can't, I can't even imagine trying to figure out... Like, even just, unless you have, like, digital caliper, which I'm sure that's probably how some people, like, figured it. Like, what tone board tenon do you even start with? Oh, this kind of looks like a half inch or a, a three-eighths or, you know, a nine-sixteenths. Like, to even start at that. Now everybody yeah. just knows it's a five-eighths. You just go out and buy your five-eighths and, you know, it's a, a quarter-inch freaking tone channel bore. And, like, that's just common knowledge now, but back then it's not. Yeah, no, I mean, you, there, there just wasn't a lot of information out there, you know, and, and even finding THO, I mean, yeah, you could, you could find, you know, some of the simpler stuff, but, you know, there, guys, guys certainly made you work for it, you know, nobody's just going to give you an answer, uh, you know, something that they worked on for years to figure out. You know, they're they're not just going to tell you how to do it in five minutes, uh, which which I can appreciate. I can appreciate that, but I can also the guys that are doing it now, like you know, you, um, Brad, Mike, Cap, uh, people like that, Rusty, that are so. It's not such a closed-off society. They'll tell you to go out and figure it out, but they'll at least point you in the right direction. I think. Like, that has meant more to me than anything else in the callmaker community. How willing, if you're, if you look like a callmaker, you know, and you're going out there and really trying to figure stuff out, you're not just going out there and saying, hey, where do I need to sand to make this work? And you're really trying to figure it out. The guys that reach out to you and, well, you know, almost as like mentors, but not in person, because a lot of times, you know, nobody's that close to you. No, you're, you're right. I, I think that, you know, it, it means a lot more to the call maker that's, you know, trying to figure it out, doing it on their own. But it, it also, 
you know, you, you don't want to waste somebody else's time, you know, by, hey, will you just tell me how to do this? Yeah. Uh, you know, I absolutely don't mind helping anybody at all as long as I guess they go about it the right way. Yeah, you know, they're willing to put in the work and do it on their own. Yeah, you know, it's it's not a uh, it's not a venture that you you can be successful at immediately. Well, I think I saw a post. I can't remember if it was today or yesterday that somebody had put up on one of the forums, and they're like, "Hey, is a flat jig really worth it? I can't bring myself to spend the fifty dollars on a flat jig." And I was like, "Dude, you're in the you're in the wrong freaking game if you if you think fifty dollars for a flat jig is like that's the single most important purchase you can make." Absolutely. And it's like it's yeah. stuff like that that you try to give them that info, but if they don't want to take that kind of stuff, then all right, buddy, <laughs> good luck to you. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I think guys start figuring stuff out on their own a little bit, who makes them more excited. I, I know that it did me. You know, whenever I started to figure out, all right, well, this will actually work, or if I do this, this affects this, and and you kind of figure those things out. And, you know, it's it's pretty neat to go back through a bunch of the old notes that I had. And, uh, you know, I, I look at some of that stuff and I'm like, man, this, you know, why did I even try it like this? But, you know, it did get me to closer to where I wanted it to be. But, you know, man, there's a, a lot of firewood made, a lot of dents to the inside of my shop door. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, it, it looks like it started hailing from the inside of my shop as many dents as I have in the door from throwing stuff <laughs> it, I kept a uh, a rubber little sledge for the longest time next to my, my bench because it you know you just pull it off in frustration that just is that one little uh, tension reliever you can have <laughs> hey I've got one by my bench right now and that's exactly why I don't check it tried it one time and I will never try it again yeah, but you do something that's even crazier. Checkering right now is about as popular as it's probably been since the freaking 70s or 80s. You see some of those old school calls. Everybody's doing it right now, but you flute a lot of stuff, which is a far rarer thing to do. And I, that was one of my favorite things about your calls for the longest time. Since I ever, I first ever saw one, you were doing fluting. And uh, that's always been like one of the coolest things to me. Yeah, man, you know, it's something that I, I enjoy doing on occasion. And, um, you know, like anything else, if you did 50 in a row, you're burn absolutely going to get burned out on it. But, you know, fluting was something that, that's been pretty fun. And, you know, believe it or not, I, I still change things to try to make it a little easier or a little better. I mean, I fluted my first acrylic call ever the other day. And I won't do that again. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, how did that turn out? Man, it turned out fine. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's not something I want to attempt again. Way more of a, a headache than what it was worth? Absolutely. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it was a headache and, you know, it's, of course, heat and acrylic don't mix. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Did you do it on like a transparent one or anything? Like, I couldn't no, even imagine. Yo, know, it, it was solid black, and, 
of course, luckily I've got a uh, I've got a bead blaster here, and if it didn't blast to hide everything, cool. I would have absolutely hit it with that rubber hammer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I fortunately, it blasted blasted and and ended up you know looking pretty good. I, I was tickled with the you know there's if you pick it apart, you can see little things that you wouldn't see you know normally, but. And to me, that's the difference between a handmade call versus a CNC call. Like, if I want something that's perfect, and even CNC calls sometimes, you know, you'll have different things that are slightly different about the other ones. But I don't know. I just like that handcrafted feel to where it's like you look at... That's my favorite thing about doing, like, trades and stuff like that is looking at different call makers' things. And especially when you're experienced as, like, collectors... You can look at different call makers and tell different styles, but as a maker, and you look at somebody's, you're like, oh, they're using this, or oh, they must be using this process, like a Massey versus a CA or something like that, and you can just tell all the little differences about calls and just see the way that guys' brains are wired. Like that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, it's uh, you know, some of the talent you know that's out there is. It's, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, these the, the bar gets raised all the time. I Channing and I were actually talking last night about uh, different call makers and stuff, and I was telling him I was going to have you on, and uh, you're a guy that does not put his name out there a lot of the times. I don't know if it's because you're busy with life or you're you're not a like you're an active guy. I see you answer a lot, but. It's only every now and then you post a call, and I've talked to Michael and stuff like that in the past, and he's like, you you don't care if you ever make another call again. And I, I don't think that that's true. I think everybody gets that itch. But uh, you're definitely a guy that has not gone out there and just tried to market the crap out of yourself, even though I know you're one of the best makers out there. Like, is it just because you don't like the attention, or is it just... What what do you think? Well, I, I don't care if I if I sell a duck call. I mean, I absolutely love making calls. So, I, social media isn't my thing. I, I am so social media ignorant, and you know, it's a lot of the a lot of the crap that. And now I get on there, and I'll you know look at Facebook and all of that. You know. Not very often during the day, but uh, you know I, I do get on there. But you know, even the calls that I that I do make. I mean, there's several calls that I finished up this week that I just haven't shared a picture of. Um, you know, I don't know why anybody would care to see you know a call that I've already made before. You know what I mean? And see, you know, that's so if, I made, if I made the same call you know three weeks ago, then why does anyone want to see it again? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I can totally get that. Like, who who needs to see the same picture of a, uh, you know, a black wood call that's the same repetitive style? But almost even that mindset of not posting, the way that I would describe a lot of yours, your pictures and stuff like that, are almost like a, a lay it and leave it type mindset of, hey, I posted this picture, cool, and never check on it again type thing. Be oh yeah, 
Because, like I said, I I'm see not... you interact with a lot of different guys and doing different stuff on there, but it's never to push your own brand. No, I mean, you know, several years ago, yeah, I mean, you you have to get your, you know, you have to get your name out there in a sense, but I don't know, man. You know, several people have asked me that question, and I, I never have a good answer of why I don't share more uh, other than, you know, I just, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of a whole social media thing. I mean, Facebook is great for certain things. Um, you know, keeping in touch with with different people and, and all of that. But, you know, as far as me posting a picture or, you know, sharing pictures of everything that I do, it's just not me. And I, I don't knock anybody that does it. I mean, you know, there's, there's guys out there that, you know, it, it's great and they enjoy it. I just don't enjoy posting a you know posting a picture and, and then feeling bad that i didn't respond when somebody says hey great looking call you, you know what i mean right uh, yeah yeah and when i say i didn't mean yes, to catch you <laughs> i didn't want to catch you off guard with the question i mean it in the most complimentary way because me running one of your calls and following your work for so long like I'm a huge fan of your work and it's just like man I never see him post enough when I know that you make killer stuff so I mean it in the most complimentary way yeah no man I, I didn't take it any other way I just you know I, I wish I had a better answer I, I, I just I just don't um, <laughs> you know it's uh, you know it's funny because I'll I'll ask Rusty to, hey, man, how do I find this? How do I do And I mean, man, he just spits it off real quick, you know. Or, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I just can't go through. And if, if it's on whatever I click on, if I could just, you know, just keep scrolling and find stuff that I like, that's great. I love looking at, at different calls. I mean, man, that's, that's the great thing about Facebook, you know. I, I like seeing other people's work. I, I guess that I like seeing it more than I like posting my own. So. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's it's one thing that I've just noticed from the outside, and maybe because I'm looking for different stuff, and especially I look for different guys' work to see, like, hey, you know, what Brad post? Oh, sweet, cool. And then I'll look at what you post, and it's always like, I'll get, like, little clusters of your stuff, and then it'll be a little while, and I'll see, another, like, Michael, he doesn't post anything anymore. He never posts. And, you know, he's he's another guy that's so good. And what – I know you guys live pretty close. What would you say uh, about, you know, that relationship? Because I've always been super envious of how close you guys are in proximity to each other and how – I feel like that pushes you guys so much further to be able to go in there and tinker around and mess around and uh, turn calls with each other? Man, you know, the Mike is a great friend. I mean, we play golf together several days a week, and, you know, Waylon's another one. Waylon lives, I don't know, probably 40 minutes from me, and he spent a lot of time over here. And, you know, the funny thing is, when we all get together, it's usually more beer drinking than it is turning calls. <laughs> and... You know, we set out with these big ideas of turning calls and may do a little bit, but, you 
somebody else to, you know, to bounce ideas off of. Um, but, you know, man, I, I talked to, uh, you know, a lot of different guys and, and bounced things off of them over the years. But, you know, it, it is, it, it's fun to have somebody that's close that, you know, shares the same passion. So, you know, it, it makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, that's something that, uh, you know, like I said, I, I've been envious of, and I've talked to other different call makers and stuff. That's kind of what I wanted the the podcast to be, is more of just a hangout, talking about different stuff. And guys that live close together like that, it's always so fun to see what you guys are coming up with. Or when you guys post pictures of a, you know, a hangout or something like that. Like, it's it's just a really cool thing, and it just is the epitome of the brotherhood of the call making community like you guys are a great representation of that even though you probably don't like think about it or ever see it from an outside perspective like i think everybody wishes they had something like that close to where they can go hang out with some guys and i don't know you guys are three of the best the best in the business and it's it's just always fun man it's just one that i always follow up on and check out yeah man you know it's fun having get togethers and you know all of that probably one of my favorites several years ago it's probably been i don't know it's probably two years ago we all went up to ronnie's and uh it was me and ronnie kept samples and uh brian phillips and man we turned calls for a few days and i mean we we all literally you know, man turned calls and just had a big time. And, you know, you just get inspired with guys like that. I mean, you know, that's, I think that's the, the, the biggest takeaway whenever you do something is, is, you know, just finding different ways to do things. And you're, you know, of course it's always funny, you know, you sit there and you watch somebody else do something and, knowing that you would do it a different way, but their way may be easier, and it may not be. But, you know, it's it, it's, it's, it's always a good time. You know, that, that probably was about as good a time as I've had, you know, getting together. And, I mean, because everybody's spread out so far. You know, Kep's in Missouri, Phillips is in Alabama, and, you know, Brad's in South Carolina, and we all got together at Ronnie's. So, you know, it was a it was a good time. Yeah, it. I think you guys posted a bunch of pictures of that I think I remember seeing that and thinking. I, I I talked to Michael maybe about live streaming it a couple of years ago, which just sounds like a horrible idea. And like I think it'd be entertaining, but man, there's so much talking about that probably isn't a something we want to put live. <laughs> And I can't imagine yeah. the beer bill for that for that event, but uh. <laughs> oh, it's always pretty healthy. <laughs> Would you say that that had like almost a real foot feel to it, or let's talk about real foot because I know that you're pretty heavily involved with it as well, aren't you? Yes. Um, up until the the last few years, I've actually ran the contest, and. Uh, Man, real foot is, you know, pretty pretty special to me. 
you know, I, I it's it's my favorite event, and it's you know it, it has zero to do with the contest. I mean, it's just it, it's hard to explain if you've never been. You know, it's just everybody getting together with the same interest and just talking about duck calls. And from the time you arrive to the time you leave, there's a duck call being blown all hours of the day and night. And just, you know, just sitting there with, with the guys that you, you don't get to see often. And, you know, real foot, man, it's uh, it's, it's, it's my favorite by far. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, that bro it's just like you said everybody coming together and hanging out. It's just that hangout mentality. I I said it before in past podcasts that um call making and waterfowling is it's a team sport. <laughs> you know, it's so much like you can go out by yourself and kill some birds, but it's so much more fun when your friends are there. And everything about other than the hunting is what you remember from it. Yeah, you know, that, that's been the most rewarding thing in call making for, for me is just the friendships that I've made. I mean, you know, Mike lives just down the road, and, I mean, he's lived there for a long time, and we didn't know each other. I mean, we, we met because of this. Uh, you know, Ronnie, uh, you know, Ronnie is, you know, one of my best friends, and we never would have met if it wasn't for real foot. You know, now we're in the in the same club together, and you know, talk quite a bit. And, and Brad, you know, I, I talk to Brad all the time. You know, just it, it, it's not about. I mean, duck calls is, is how we become friends, but you know that man, that that's the important part of it is, you know, just the friendships that you made. Not you know how many calls you can sell or you know contests you can win. It's it's a lot more rewarding, you know, just having lifelong friends. And I, I think that's part of the, the thing that I'm fascinated with is, uh, you know, like you said, the, the meeting different people, talking to different things that you would never, you would never meet, you know, if it wasn't for call making or, or waterfowling. And I think that's what I enjoy so much. I was talking to, God, I, I can't even remember now. I've talked to so many different guys in the last couple of weeks. And um, I was they were asking about the podcast. And I was like, man, I, I enjoy this almost as much as call making. And it's just phone calls. But it's just hearing so many different guys' starts, outlooks on it. Um, you know, just the bigger picture than just what somebody posts a picture of. And, uh, hey, here's my new call today. Or a sound file. And then, hey, thanks for that. Thanks for that awesome comment about how you f- feel about it. It's the real interaction behind the scenes that so many people on, like, call nuts and places like that don't even get to see because a lot of it happens behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I mean, just imagine the conversations that, that go on every day just from call maker to call maker. I mean, that's the, I don't know that that's the fun in it and, and that should be what means the most to everybody you know you make lifelong friends you know by doing this and uh i mean i can assure you whenever i started making duck calls i never thought in a million years that i would ever enter a contest or go to a contest or let alone win it 
Well, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I never never figured those things would happen. It, it never was really a goal. Um, you know, but it, it is nice to, to have made so many close friends. And, I mean, man, there, there's so many guys out there that I admire, you know, and, and it's even guys that I don't talk to regularly or, you know, you see even, even some of the new guys coming up. You know, they're they're doing some pretty cool stuff. And, you know, it's it's always nice, you know, you go to a contest and you know that at that moment that's the best that somebody could do. And knowing that you're just going to progress. I mean, you know, there's always something you can change and have fun with. And, you know, that that's what brings enjoyment to it. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I love so much about call making is um, – everybody's always like you know you get together in these meetups everybody's always pumped for somebody else like there's there's some jealousy i'm sure that goes beyond behind the scenes and somebody will get their feelers hurt about something but the overall in this community versus a lot of different competition wise like you know playing sports growing up if you're against the other team i'm not friends with this guy like I want to, you know, I want to beat this guy. But in call making, you know, everybody is the best of buddies. They, they are, and you know, even when you don't win a contest, everyone is always happy for the guy that does win. And you know, they, you know, that they worked hard, and you know, have built something better. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, nobody likes to lose, but. You know, I, I always like to say, you man, you, you miss the boat if, if that's all you're in it for. So, totally agree, man. Totally. So, how did you get involved with the the running the the real foot contest? <laughs> man, it's funny. Um, I'm gonna blame this on Brian Byers. <laughs> uh, man, I think we were at Nashville several years ago. And he had made a uh, man. He, I think he made an ink pen or something. Is how it started, and uh, it said "Call Makers and Collectors Association" on it. And I, I told him, I said, "Well, said, man, how do I get a pen like that?" And uh, he said, "Well, all you got to do is run the real foot contest. Here you go." And I mean, that's that's literally how it happened. And uh, you know, I probably had a few uh, a few Coors Lights, <laughs> Coors Lattes. Yep, and uh, yeah, I got suckered into that deal. But man, I, you know, I enjoyed running the contest. You know, I guess I did it for a couple of years, and you know, I passed the reins this year. And uh, I guess for the the coming up contest in October, Rob Zettermeister is gonna gonna take it over this year. So, but I mean, man, that thing doesn't run just from one person. I mean, there's so many people that, that help or offer to help and, you know, from score sheet runners and, you know, Jason Road helping put in scores and, you know, the judges, the operators, man, it, it's a lot of work to put together, but, you know, it's, it, it's so enjoyable for me, that contest that, it never seemed like a ton of work, you know what I mean? Right, right. It was just like, hey, I'm going to this hang with all my buddies, but I gotta, I gotta do a little bit of work at the same time. But it's not really yeah, too bad. 
you know, the, the last couple of years, I didn't get to, uh, you know, just hang as much as I wanted to with everybody just because you are at the contest and, you know, they'll sneak off and play golf through the halfway through it. And I can't leave, you know, <laughs> but, uh, no, man, it's, you know, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed doing it. So you would recommend any call maker, anybody that has any interest in call should go, is what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, man, there's, you know, just, uh, there's so many guys that are there just to collect calls. You know, and I mean, there's several rooms. You can see calls that you're never going to see, you know, people have in their collection, whether they're for sale or not. Um you know, just uh, just the getting together and you know talking with people uh, that all have the same interests. I mean, that that's the fun in it. So, but yeah, I would I would absolutely recommend if you've not been, um, you know, it's certainly something to go to. I mean, I guess that my first one was five years ago, and I knew from and and it wasn't near the size that it was now. I mean, I remember Ronnie and, you know, Brian Byers telling me that, you know, they were having it and there was just a few people there. And now, I mean, man, I think last year was a record number of entries. There was 135 entries. And I mean, man, that, that's, that's a lot of calls. I mean, you know, in that contest, you can enter one wood, one open, one acrylic. I mean, three calls per make. So. Well, you guys have a really... Uh, the really interesting judging style too on the way that it's a, a Michael was telling me about it. You blow somebody blows a routine on every call and judges are listening to it. Right. Instead of yeah, like so an they, individual judge just running every single call. Yeah, you know that way. Uh, you know the call is just given a number, so the judges, you know, they can't see that it's my call or your call or whoever's. You know, they just call out a number. They write that number at the top of the score sheet, and, you know, the operator runs the call. You know, and there's some really, really talented operators. I mean, you know, gosh, this year we had uh, Hayden Richard. I mean, that guy can, you know, run the brakes off a call. Um, Meredith can and run the crap out of a call. I think he did the amateur division. Ronnie Turner uh, absolutely run the piss out of a call. Uh, John Stevens, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're absolutely qualified operators and, and judges. You know, it's it's a uh, it's it's a fun one, you know, to put together. Well, it's a it's a really fun format that uh, it's cool to hear from behind the scenes because I think so many people don't think about all the work that you probably do planning and contacting everybody and just trying to come up with different ways to do that and uh you know hey because there's not a lot of competitions that are set up like that no uh, there, there's not but you know of course brian byers run this thing before i did and, and brian's heavily involved with the ccaa and and all the contests uh, you know he's he's the coordinator for all these things and you know, Brian has always done a great job with it. You know, it was just, it was uh, my turn to take it over. And, uh, you know, without Brian's help, 
you know, you, you absolutely can't can't just jump out and run it on your own. You gotta have a lot of people willing to, you know, donate their time and and all of that. So it's probably something that you'll you'll always be a part of, even though you're not running or setting it up. It's still something that is gonna take up a lot of a, uh, you know, a lot of your thought. And uh, it's just more of being able to probably relax during the actual event rather than having to be there and, and run the event. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it, it's, it's something I, I really enjoy. And, you know, like I said, you know, man, if, if you go to, if you just haven't been, you know, just to see the people just standing around talking and, and looking at the different calls. I mean, maybe you could buy anything from material to, you know, old calls there. I mean, and, and that's where a lot of the, a lot of the trades go down. You know, there's guys that don't trade anywhere, but real foot and, uh, you bring know, their that, briefcase out. Yeah. Break out the briefcase and, you know, go to trade. And, and those are always the calls that mean more to me. You know, I, I've got a, a ton of calls in my collection and the ones that were, were traded or I mean, those are the ones that have value to me, you know, and, and they'll never leave. I, I don't buy a lot of duck calls, but you know, I, I certainly cherish the ones that, that I have from, from call maker trades. So tell me the, I don't want you to get anybody in trouble or anything. You can't say. What is your favorite all-time story that you can tell without incriminating anybody from Real Foot? My favorite story. Your favorite story. Surely something has happened that has been memorable. I'm sure a thousand things, but one that you cannot incriminate anybody on. Oh man. Gosh, it's going to take more thought uh, to not incriminate anybody. <laughs> but, uh, man, I don't know, man. It, you know, there, there's so many stories, and man, maybe maybe that's the question you should have asked me before we got on this deal. That way, I could, I could think you could think about it. Well, that's one of the tough things about doing this is I don't give I give guys enough time to feel comfortable. And uh, then I usually go because I want the reaction, the conversation to be like, I don't want it to be stage questions or anything like that. So it can make it tough sometimes when you catch somebody off guard. Yeah. I mean, you know, man, I, you know, I, I don't know that there's, there's just an absolute favorite story, but I mean, you know, it, it, it's really the, just the shenanigans that goes on. that makes the whole thing fun. I mean, nothing is ever taken seriously. You know, it's just all of us being idiots. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> we're, we're not short of those. And, you know, we, we absolutely have a good time. I mean, that's the, that, that's the point of going, but you know, one story that sticks out, I, I couldn't tell you, um, at least I couldn't tell you and not incriminate anybody. I mean, <laughs> I can incriminate myself on a million stupid things I've done at real foot, but you know, it's uh, man, you're just gonna have to load up and go. Well, <laughs> if it freaking ever didn't happen during Missouri's resident honker season, it's my favorite like three weeks of hunting of the year. 
and I'm always debating. And I'm like, oh, if we don't find birds, I'm just going to go this weekend. I'm going to go to Real Foot. And every time, the one year that I went, I had one day to go out there. And uh, I ended up, I had some personal stuff when we got out there. Just, yeah, it wasn't a good situation. But my buddies just beat the crap out of birds while I was gone. And then I got in this big, huge fight. And I was like, man, I wish I had just stayed home. Because I didn't even get to enjoy the actual experience. Yeah. Man, you, you're just going to have to give up, you know, a day and a half and, and just come check this thing out. It's that much fun. Well, I'll, I'll have to do it this year then. If I don't have my kids that weekend, I'll come this year. Yeah, man. Just go ahead and make plans for it and, uh, you know, find a babysitter. You know, switch off with uh, with her mom. Whatever you got to do, uh, you won't regret it. I'm sure. So, what's the uh, the significant other situation after you guys leave all the wives at home so they don't kill you for being too crazy, or what do you guys do? No, man. You know, I've gosh, I've been married so long. She goes with me, and uh, you know, she, she has for, for years. I mean, from the first time I went, she's gone, and you know, she enjoys it. You know, we. We go to, uh, she goes with me to Real Foot in Nashville. I couldn't make Nashville this year. Um, so that's the first time we haven't been to Nashville in, I don't know, five, five years or so. But, uh, no, man, she goes, you know, uh, she has a good time. She enjoys, you know, seeing everybody and, and hanging out with the only few other wives that go, so... Very, very cool, man. Yeah, you know, she... Yeah, she, she doesn't get... Uh, she doesn't get irritated. <laughs> well, she's so. been with you long enough to know better, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, she, she can't corral me. She already knows that. So. Well, you just bring her around freaking Ronnie, and then you look like a golden child. So. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, man, it's... Uh, it's enjoyable, you know. She she really enjoys going to those, and you know she puts in for vacation in in January for the year, and she always puts real foot down, and you know it's just something we do together and get away, and you know the girls they go shopping during the day while we do the contest and whatever else. So yeah, man, it's a it's a good time. That's you know, there's, there's a few more wives that that have been coming the last few years, but. You know, I remember, you know, when it was, you know, Tiffany and uh, Brad's wife and uh, Jason Rose's wife, Gary, and Heather. I mean, there, there wasn't very many women there at all. And, you know, now more wives are starting to come. Mike's wife, Will's wife went. And, well, it's, it, it's enjoyable. I, I think everybody just likes getting away. It's pretty laid back, man. You know, it's just the... Uh, you know, standing around, sitting on the porch, you know, with a cold beer in your hand and lying to each other. <laughs> right. Well, it's a, it's a super cool thing that everybody, you know, like I said, everybody needs to check it out. It's something that you see every year the second week of October or so pictures of and then everybody wishing they could go. It's something that I always am like, man, I I wish I would have gone. I went hunting instead, and, you know, I wish I would have gone. It's, I don't know, it it usually is, what, the second week of October? Yeah, second week of October, uh, every year. 
If uh, so, if people actually want to go, it's in it's Real Foot Lake, Tennessee. What are where are the places to stay around there? What do people need to check out if they do want to go? Uh, man, it's uh, it's Sandburg, Tennessee. There, and I mean, you've got the Blue Bank, you've got South Shore, and uh, the Eagles Nest. I mean, there's you know, there's plenty of places to stay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I will let you get back to uh, getting some work knocked out. I I put the kiddos down for their mandated naps. They're too old for nap time, but it's more of like it gives me a break in the middle of the day. Nap time. So they're, they're quiet time. So uh, I will get them up and let them go ride bikes and be crazy. But I'll let you get back to doing some work, man. And I really appreciate you coming on and giving me some time, man. Yeah, no, man, I appreciate you asking, and uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. Absolutely, brother. Real Foot Lake 2020, second week of October. People need to check it out. Um, Rob Z is running it, Rob Zettermeister. He's uh, taking the reins. I was talking to him the other day about doing the podcast, and uh, he was like, oh, no, I'm not really of a, a radio guy. And I was like, dude, you'll jump on there and make a sound file, but getting on here and talking about duck calls is scary. <laughs> yeah it's uh oh man this is a piece of cake yeah I just, had a good time it depends on how much you can bs i guess right yeah i mean that's it you just gotta you just gotta lie to each other for an hour and you know you can scrape through this thing <laughs> well i appreciate it brother and uh i don't know how much you're wanting to build up a wait list people need to check out your stuff i think i was like i said i was talking to channing today i think you're the most Underrepresented, uh, underrepresented best call maker out there. Like I think you're one of the best guys out there, and I think you're the most underrepresented on the social media aspect. Not not enough people have one of yours. Not enough people have checked it out. So if people wanted to, or just even talk about call making, where could they hit you up at? Man, they can just call you. They can just call me. Not a chance. <laughs> I know, I put in a pretty good sales pitch right there, though. I think. Yeah, you did. You did. I mean, I thought since you was running with this thing, we'd just let them call you. Uh, I, if, as long as you give me residuals, I'm cool with that. <laughs> well, you know there's no money made in call making. <laughs> right. But, uh, no, man, best place, just hit me up on Facebook. And the name of your page is Flight Control? That's it. Flight Control Custom Calls, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Uh, do you do, I don't remember. Do you do Instagram or not? I do. I do. do. I actually enjoy Instagram because I can just thumb through it real quick. Yeah, it's it's a better setup for a lot of stuff. And it's uh, the flight control. Is it flight control custom calls on Instagram or do you have it abbreviated no, or anything it, like that? Nope, it, it's the same. Flight control custom calls. Cool, brother. Well, uh, everybody go out there, get him, get a call, blow up his, uh, his freaking inbox just to say that you did <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm make them all to you yeah i bet you will get out there and uh check out real foot man yeah man well i enjoyed it and uh we'll talk soon sounds good brother and like i said if uh i'll hit you up later on this year when do people need to start booking if they want to do real foot like uh reservations and stuff like that oh man I, now we book ours the day that we leave yeah oh, i mean that's uh like I said, man, the event has grown, and there's so many more people that, that you know, are coming to this thing, and 
you know, it's nice to see it grow, and, you know, it's nice to see all these contests grow. You know, not just one in particular, but, you know, it's, uh, I think the next show that's coming up is Jason Furlow's show. Uh, I don't know if he's, you know, if that's still going to be a go or not, but I think that one's in the coin uh, sometime in June, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I feel like June, early summer. Yeah, so, you know, unfortunately they canceled St. Charles this year, the big decorative contest, so if Jason is still a go, I, I think that's the next one on the list, but. I think yeah, people man, are going to be going crazy. I think people are going to be going crazy to meet up and hang out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, there's no doubt. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, man. <laughs> I know it. Well, man, sounds good, bud. I appreciate it, and uh, you know, we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Maybe at uh, up at Real Foot, but uh, I'll let you get out of here and uh, get back to work, man. Sounds good, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, take care, buddy. All right, bud. Bye. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. That was Alan Whitson of Flight Control Custom Calls. Um, like I said, he's uh, he's one of the most underrepresented upper Jesus underrepresented best call makers out there. I've uh, I tried some of his calls out before I ever made a call. Super super nice guy. Um, He's been running real foot, like he said, for a couple of years. So it's uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And if you haven't checked out his stuff, go out there and check it out. He does some really cool fluted calls. That's like one of the ones that sticks out of my memory because it's just different than what everybody else is doing right now. So go check out his stuff. Um, go leave us a review on iTunes, BTBN, put it under the duck call. One star, five stars, doesn't matter to me. All I care is that you do it. Um, Each share of an episode, make sure you comment on that picture to get yourself another entry. This is the new wrinkle that I'm adding today. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, have a great day.